This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Martin doesn't want to let Heather know all about all the grab ass that starts up as soon as his headphones. Oh, go she on. knows all about the grab ass. <laughs> grab ass. Infamous. You know, I had to go and uh, pick up my Grabby Award. And I mean, I had to tell her what it was for. You know what I mean? That's True. right. Can't just go grab an ass and not tell my wife about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. It's a, it's harmless fun. Of course, for sure. Hey, I liked uh, Mike's weekly reads since we're doing a pre-show right now. Ah, that was fantastic this week. I got a, I got a little choked up. I'm an old softy. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It came out with the wicked echo, though, because I, I didn't realize I didn't have my headset on, and it was recording from my computer. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. And I walk around a lot when I do that show, because it helps me think. I get that. <clears throat> I, uh, what kind of wireless headphones do you have? Logitech. <clears throat> I try to the, do that. I try to do that. $36 one. Wire, uh, thirty-six dollar Best Buy variety. That's what I got. Yeah, I can't get it to work properly. Do you use the USB one? No, it's Bluetooth. I I don't use the Bluetooth. Uh, maybe that's why. I have both options, Bluetooth and and USB, and I go over the USB wireless. Mm, I might have to try that. I try to do a uh, Bluetooth, and whenever I use it, it doesn't let me choose my uh, desktop mic, and it oh, yeah. and it mutes the headset mic. Mm. So I had to go back to the uh, the old analog headphones. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the old school retro stuff. Let's go, yeah. You know, it works. <laughs> Put on the 8-track on Program 4 and let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Refill the uh, the punch cards. That's it's right. time to get rolling. You better not <laughs> drop them. Don't drop them. So, uh, so did you want to come on so we could, uh, we can discuss this, this issue that I'm having? Yeah. Because I tell you, I, the more I think about it, the more problems I'm finding. Well, that's because you're thinking too much. That, that's probably yeah. true. I answered your your problem on my Mike Mike M's weekly reads. I I heard. I yeah, heard. It's simple. That's a, that's <laughs> a just, rough solution. Cut, cut the cord, baby. <laughs> just do it. Because if you stop and think. You're gonna you're gonna triple and double think, and you're gonna start saying, "Well, I want this and I want that." And you're gonna fight yourself. Uh, Chris Parton. Cut the cord. Yeah, fine. Chris yeah. Parton told me this. Well, kind of similar thing, because I put uh, my top five comics that I'm reading right now. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Cool. There's your answer. Just buy those five and don't buy anything else." And I was like, "I can't do that." No, the key the key is is to ask yourself like, what makes you happy? Is it the reading or the collectability, or is it both? And if it if there's like a certain title like Batman that you just can't cut the cord with, and that goes in the collecting pile, and you want your collecting pile to shrink so you don't 
you, you can go digital on everything because digital is on demand. I mm-hmm. mean, you can you read you you can buy that when you're ready to read it. Yeah. You don't have to buy it when there's a sale. You you get hungry and you say, "Oh man, I want to read Electra. I'm gonna go buy it." Or I'll go to comics, um, what do you call it, Unlimited, and get it. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just one of the issues I had with that though is with Marvel and DC. I don't own the comics if I buy the digital copies. You know what I mean? So I yeah, ha- I have to use Comicsology. This way, right now, people are getting flooded out of their homes. You know, mm-hmm. and how many people are losing comics in their basement or on the first floor of their house? If you have digital and it's on a server, you'll have them forever. Well, what if uh, what if DC's like we're not doing comicsology anymore? You have to get DC Unlimited. Well, what if a tornado hits the servers? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean that's <laughs> not that's that the whole cloud. <laughs> that's less likely though. <laughs> that's less likely because I mean I'm sh- I'm I- sure DC wants to do their own limited service. Well, you take you you take your your gamble with all that digital, but you don't all, you don't pay a lot for it either. With unlimited, it, like if you lose twelve dollars a year or whatever the or sixty dollars a year, it's not going to be like you bought fifteen thousand dollars worth of comics. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. I knew from the beginning of this year I was going to buy Marvel Unlimited. The first time they do their sale, I'm buying it. I just didn't want to pay full price. And I waited seven months for it to finally hit. But do you think, even though in my head I knew I was going to do this, do you think whenever the Marvel sale hit every Monday or during the week on Comixology, I wasn't like, yes, I have to buy that. Like, <laughs> I, I did. I still bought all that shit. So I, yeah, that... I, per- I personally don't care. Like, I don't care if DC becomes DC Unlimited. I'll still go back and buy all that stuff again because it was a nominal price. Hey, I'm not telling you, like, if if you did what Ronnie did, you went out and you bought, like, ten boxes, and you're going to sift through them. That's Christmas. I would do that, too. You know, that mother effer, he sent me a – he sent an email, the longest email I've ever had in my entire life. (laughs) Um. I would read it, but it's so long I'm not going to. Thank he, you. he, he, had, <laughs> he had, he had suggestions and, uh, pretty much it said, you know, I should go maybe mostly digital and get some trades. And then he goes out and buys, well, how many was it? 15 long boxes? I think it was 10. All right. Whatever. He paid 40 bucks. So I can't blame him. Wow. I didn't know the price. Okay, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you said it was $40 for the 10 long boxes. Now. Nice. That just, well, yeah. And, and it was just kind of like a blind buy, you know what I'm saying? But still, at 40 bucks, I mean, you're going to get at least $40 worth of comics in there. Hell, sure. not even one long box is maybe $40 worth of comics. Um, But how dare he? Hell, I would even, I would even say, cause I know my answer. I don't know Daryl's answer, cause I know he's full digital. I'm pretty well full digital. But for $40, that's how many Starbucks trips? Well, you know, it's like, I don't buy Starbucks. I, I, I know, but I'm just like, I would, I shit away $40 in a week. 
without blinking an eye. So to buy 40 long boxes and know next time I see Martin, I'm going to have a long box for him. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to hold on to all 10 long boxes. I can give them away to friends. Like that, I, honest to God, when I look at that, that's like an early birthday. Like mm-hmm. that, that would be fun just combing through, reading maybe, even if I get 50 comic books out of it that I read, not even talking sell it. That, that would be good enough for me. I'd be happy there. I don't need to flip all 40, or sorry, all uh, 10 long boxes. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to give them out to friends. Yeah, I mean, you gave me that one box at uh, C2E2. Yeah. I get that. All right, so Mike, you you buy a shit ton of comics. Yeah. Let me ask you. You're you're Is, buying are a we offic- Are we officially done with our po- our pre-show? Look, this the Nick, how long have you been doing this podcast? There's no have such thing were- as a pre-show here, okay? It's all but it's all guys- being recorded. But you're recording. It, it, it all started at the beginning. Yeah. With okay, the grab okay. ass. <laughs> our, oh. <laughs> okay. We we have all that on tape. It's on tape. <laughs> That's on tape. Mm-hmm. On eight track, but it's on. I got it on eight track. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you 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 buy comics mostly for collecting. I mean, you do enjoy everything you read, but you buy for collecting. No, I buy for reading first, then collecting. I'm just like a library. I'd rather have it stocked and ready to go. All right, but that's what I'm saying. Though you buy so many, there's no way you're reading everything, right? That's right. Because like when you do Mike M's, you're like six to nine months behind on what you talk about. Oh, I I don't read. I mean, there was a while I was caught up with DC, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not enjoying it as much. I need to go back to my mood reading. I need to. And the only reason I did that was because of Daryl. Daryl said, let's do weekly reads. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's throwing me (laughs) off my game. He's throwing me (laughs) off my game because, man, I got to be in the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta feel it. I gotta feel it. Maybe that's the problem. I just haven't been in the mood for a lot lately. And that's when you shift gears. You just go like from first to fifth, and it yeah, it goes. <laughs> but you just do it. <laughs> yeah, but see if I maybe if I write alphabetically, then I'd want to read some more comics. Alphabetically, I, I don't know how that works in my brain. I, I I just don't know it because to me you wouldn't get your you might be force fed force feeding yourself. It's like it's like it's almost it's like eating. It's almost like if you go get a burger and you don't feel like a burger, you wanted a pizza. Mm. Then that burger is not going to taste as good. You you were still craving that pizza. Mm-hmm. It, it's got a. It's not like I go oh today's B, so it's got to be burger day. Or I gotta go get a biscuit for eating. <laughs> I, no. Well, and pizza. And then See, that's, be, that, that's how Rob, Rob, Rob eats. Rob yeah, eats right. Alphabetically. Yeah. Right. Alphabetically. But see, then I'd be reading Batman every week as soon as it comes out. <laughs> if you're stuck in B. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I don't have gotta, a lot of A's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. Some people it works for in their mind, and like Rob says, that he's always in the mood for anything. That's that's possible. I I don't get it, because to me, comics are like a medium, like any medium. Like it's like a video game or a TV, a show or a movie. 
if you go see a movie and you're not in the mood for it, you're not going to enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. If I go see a B film, like a really cheesy uh, blood drive, and I'm not in the <sighs> mood for blood drive, then I'm going to be like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. But blood drive so good. Oh, it is, man. They do so many ass shots in there. I'm like, I'm like just so happy. I'm like, Damn it. Nick, have I you watched that yet? I don't have cable. Uh, I think uh, it was available streaming because Bill watched the first episode. Yeah, it's on the Sci-Fi app. Yeah. I oh, I'll check that out. Yeah, check okay. that out. Check that out. Um, I did just watch uh, something that Mike commented about this week. Which one? It was, and I'm sure Mike knows it. I'm sure it's completely off Martin's radar. Uh, Battle of the Network Stars. No, I don't watch that. <laughs> no, I don't watch that. Oh that my is God. so much fun, man. <laughs> the, 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 the retro clip this week had Heather Thomas. Yes. And, um, Heather Locklear in yeah. the dunk tank together. In the dunk tank, yeah. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> And it was cool though. You had Isaac and what's her name from the Love Boat. Yeah, Julie. And, and, yeah, Julie, and they they did the swimming relay and they won. <laughs> I can't believe it. Sixty-five year old guy beat like a thirty-two year old. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I but I had uh, you know like I was like damn it Barb was like pick the team first. She, it was her turn to pick the team and she stuck me with <laughs> what are you new kids on the block or whatever the hell they are. And I'm like I don't. I don't want new kids on the block. I want the love boat, damn it. So I was like rooting for her team, even though my team was new kids on the block. You know, I went went to see new kids on the block uh, like a month or so ago. (laughs) That's not a joke. Did we talk about that? We did talk about that. Oh, yeah, that's right, because we talked about Paula Abdul. Yeah, it was was boys to men, Paula Abdul, and, and new kids on the block. There you go. That was That was my wife's birthday present to herself. That's Lance Bass, ta- or uh, what was the other guy's name? Lance Bass, and there was what? Joey Fatone. No, those are those are in Yeah, that's in sync. Well, that's, that's who it was. It was in uh, sync. I get the, all the boy bands confused, <laughs> unless it's New Edition. I love New New Edition. Mm-hmm. New Edition is good. Now, since Barb took the Love Boat team this week. Last week, did she at least give you the team that Lou Ferrigno was on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got that team. I was All like, right. there's no way. I got Hercules and, and the Hulk on the tug of war. There's no way you're going to win. <laughs> I don't know how old that guy is, but my God, his arms are still jacked when he was yanking yeah. on that rope. Ooh. I liked how he was like on the dunk tank, too. Like, he... <laughs> he, he he missed it on purpose and he like he honestly said I missed it because I like her blah 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 and then he like threw it and just hit it immediately <laughs> like he knew he could hit it anytime he wanted it <laughs> yep oh, he, he proved so good. it it's mm. not gonna win any Emmys but my god does it bring back just awesome like that, family that, that's, memories that, that's what me and Barb talk about it's like me and my family sitting around the old click and dial TV watching Battle of the Network Stars and rooting for these cast members. I mean, it was just, it, it just, it's like retro. If, like we talked about it on Geek Brunch. If you, if you like, if you liked it then, you're gonna like it now. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, it's, it's a stupid game. I mean, it's only like five events or six <laughs> events. Oh. It's the same it's- shit all the time, but you see like, 
a 65 year old man running the relay and pulling his hamstring? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) or Kelly Osborne getting allergic to the sun. Yeah, she's allergic to the sun. <laughs> like, what? like a vampire, man. But she, she's allergic to the sun, but she competed in every event. That's what yeah, I don't Every know. outdoor event, she's out there. <laughs> so crazy. But you did miss uh, Denise Richards. She was on. Oh, uh, she looked good as ever. Really? She looked good. She looked real good. Mm, she's always been so fine, dude. Mm-hmm. And, and those short shorts? Oh, my goodness. Good. <laughs> What was that movie she did with uh, Nev Campbell? I watched it like a million times. Wild yeah, wow. that one. That's the one. Mm-hmm. That's when you get to see Kevin Bacon Dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, well, he's well hung, man. <laughs> you think that was really his dick, though? Maybe he had like a dick double. Well, he could have had a dick double, but I think I think being in that other show um, on Amazon, what is that called? Oh, I love Dick. I love Dick. See, there's more Dick. <laughs> if you, I, I, I think that I think he's well endowed. I think he's he'll show his dick. Mm. Just, like, just like that guy Maloney or whatever his name is that was in Oz. That guy will pop his dick out. Oh every yeah, time the Jets. He sure will. Mm. That's like that the guy, Donald Trump too. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh Maloney. Yeah. Really. On Twitter. <clears throat> Yeah, we follow him all the time. Um, I need to check that out then. Um, they do. Uh, they got the the dude in in. Uh, oh God, what's that show? Fucking Blood Drive. He's got a big old dick. They just never show it. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a black bar. Yeah, it's, it's like down <laughs> to his ankles. Oh my! <laughs> I'm not finished. I got one more episode to go to be caught up. But yeah, I'm too behind on that. Man, that girl is hot. Yeah, I mean, she is. She, and they dress her for, I mean, it's totally grindhouse, like, show everything. And then there's that robot girl. Mm-hmm. She, she's bending over every chance that there's a shot on the cam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, that's good. I did, uh, I know you've been watching Ben Helsing. I, I watched this, uh, that this week, the first season. Yeah. That, that show, it was really good. Yeah, the, I watched the first two episodes and I was like, I'm going to stick this out because I read the comic. Like, I, I read, uh, Helsing, it's called, from Zenoscope. So I was like, I want to stick it out. And then it, like, grew on me and grew on me. And, like, I, I really like the characters together. Like, that Marine guy, I like. <laughs> he's oh, just yeah, like yeah. A badass. Yeah, he's awesome. I was surprised. I didn't, so I, I didn't, I don't read Zenoscope. So I was surprised. When you said that, I hadn't paid attention, but it says it at the beginning of every fucking episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the only reason I added it. I didn't even know. I didn't know where it came from. And I, I was I, my elliptical when I exercise in the morning. I, I watch Netflix, and I just finished the client list, which pissed me off because it ended on a cliffhanger and never came back. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was about a a woman whose husband left her, so she went into like a prostitution massage <laughs> ring, and I was like, I was really into. Wait, it. is that Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yep. Oh my god, it was a great show, and I was hooked. I was hook, line, and sinker, and I was, I didn't know the history of it. Like, I didn't know that 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 uh, she got pregnant during the show by her what? the show the show's husband. Really. <laughs> 
I didn't and, even know uh, she had a kid. And then the producer, she was one of the producers, but Lifetime producers and such, they wanted, they wanted her hu- her brother's husband, or no, her brother in the show, her, her brother-in-law to be the ba- the father of the baby. And she's like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> then they got in a big fight and they never renewed it. So really, oh wow, yeah, I had to go research it after because I got. I, I like I was like Barb, no. <laughs> she didn't You're watch invested. it with me, but I was invested in it. So I was like, do I watch Army Wives or I do I watch Van Helsing? And I was like, I'll do Van Helsing. Army Wives. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know what the fuck. I I just want some mindless entertainment. Is when I'm on there. Did you check out Martin's favorite show? Which one? The CW one. What is it, 300, 100? Oh, that show's so good. Oh, no, I haven't checked that out yet. That's my favorite show. The Benson Sisters. Yep. It's freaking amazing. And I can't wait for the next season. They had a crazy cliffhanger at the end of the last one. And, uh, yeah, next one's going to be fucking nuts. Yeah, it just went to South Carolina. It had a wicked vacation, and I downloaded a Van Helsing episode. And it was the one where she got he she had that guy on the bed and she uh, was like humping it. She had strapped him. Yep. She's a vampire, right? She's yep. just like humping him, humping him. And I'm like, I what an episode to download. The one that has the only sexualist <laughs> situation in it. And I'm there on the flight, you know, and I'm like I'm like showing Barb, I'm like, hide help me hide this. <laughs> And she says, why don't you fast forward? And I said, I can't. I want to see what happens. Uh, but they don't even show anything, though. It's just the grinding. No, but it was uh, pretty good grinding. It was some pretty good grinding. So, it in was. other words, you saved that episode. And that was like strip club grinding. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't deleted that off your laptop yet. <laughs> I have not. Yes, I just I th- play it back and forth. That, that's yes. that's the only sexy time scene on that show, though. I think it is the only oh. one. Yeah, if I remember right, it just happened to be the one episode that I downloaded <laughs> for the flight. You should have changed seats and like sat down to uh, like a nun or a group of kids. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's a good show. I think the second season's starting soon. Yeah, I saw the preview for it on uh, Blood Drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, it's a sci-fi show. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Is, uh, I, I, I've, I've stayed away from sci-fi for a while, but with Blood Drive and Van Helsing, man, maybe I'm missing a boat. Yeah, the production value in that show is really high. I was very surprised. Yeah. Um, I try watching, uh, what's the, the one that's like Battlestar Galactica? That's based on a book. Oh, God. Mm. Now I can't remember. Is it Skullzy that writes it? Is it on sci fi? Yeah, it's on sci fi. Yeah, it's probably not watching it. I should be. God damn it. What the hell's the name of this book? Is it called, like, Capricorn or something like that? No, but that would be awesome. It's based on the old man's war. Ah, fuck. It doesn't matter. That show's really good. The something. The something. <laughs> the something. <laughs> mm. Wait. The, the Expanse. That's it. 
Ah. That's really good. And if you like, uh, I know you like Battlestar Galactica. I love Battlestar Galactica. You, the you, original. Need to, you need to check this out. Yeah, well, the original. I like both of them. I like both of them, but the other one's grounded. It like it takes the religious stuff. It it becomes a little weird. The new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other yeah. one's the other. The first one's straightforward sci-fi. And you got Starbuck always smoking cigars and gambling and looking after women and playing grab ass. I like that. Uh, that that girl's gonna be in the Legends of Tomorrow, the one that played uh, Starbuck in the new one. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what villain she's gonna be, but she's gonna be in season three. Ooh. I met her at a sci-fi con. She is she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's pretty good looking. And she can kick your ass. She, she plays a, well. She plays a lot of tough ass roles, but yeah. she's had a couple where she uh, she dresses up pretty nicely. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Mm. Mm. What the hell's her name? Doesn't matter. Twin Peaks. Get off I, my Twitter. I'm gonna mute that. <laughs> I th- I think that makes her sexy though, the way she plays the roles. Because mm-hmm. she's like, I don't know. She's just so tough. Because she doesn't she give a shit. Yeah. So does that mean you like uh what's her name Michelle Rodriguez? I haven't seen the movie yet. The, the assignment? <laughs> yeah. I want to see it. I mean she's I she's done bad stuff before. She was in uh Resident Evil and some other stuff. Well, after I read the assignment, I'm like, man, there's a movie about this. I got to watch it. I got to <laughs> watch it because I I I just I I loved I loved it so much. Like I'm the art and the story like these hard case crime books, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I get so invested. And usually I'm like, okay, I have to read issue one for Geek Brunch, and then I have to wait for Bill to get the trade. And I'm like, screw Bill this time. I need to read this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have either of you seen Atomic Blonde yet? No, not yet. Not yet. I heard it was Boy, good though. You want to see a kick-ass woman? Holy mackerel! And Charlize Theron. Yeah, she's in my top five. She has no problem being naked in that movie. Hello. Except it is, she is so beat to hell in it, which is really, like, it is not sexy whatsoever. And that even even makes it more sexy. Yeah, exactly. Makes it more sexy. Oh, she has so many bruises and cuts on her, and she's, like, getting in and out of bathtubs left and right. But it is not sexy. What? But it is. It's really sexy. Is that streaming yet? Ever, nope. If I'm ever a director, there'll be a lot of ass shots. You'll see it. <laughs> like Blood Drive. A lot of the, like, coming out of the tub, the Spartacus thing stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I'll just have that all over the place. I'll say, who is this guy? Perverted. <laughs> Uh, well, you do read uh, Zombie Tramp and all that shit, so... Ooh, The Lookers. That's nasty. The Lookers? I haven't really read that. That's a boundless book. <laughs> oh, then I can imagine. Let me look it up. It's oh, I see boobs. Oh, ass on the cover. Yeah. It was... Uh, Avatar used to publish it in the 90s. And then Avatar, for some reason, they... They just decided to leave and go into Boundless, and they're only like 
pumping out like three books now. Well, is that because since it, Cross left? Well, is that because um, Alan Moore quit doing comics again? Well, they had they had like Karen Gillan. I mean, they have. I mean, they have like Avatar has like a bunch of writers and the artists they get. Like, if you ever look at an artist of Cross, no shit, they're badass. Oh yeah, and, and they they get them all from Europe and. The boundless artists are that way too, and they're not afraid to draw dick and pussy and everything in it, and they'll show everything. Is Gillen's doing a book for Marvel now, isn't he? Or he's about to? I don't know. I thought I don't he keep was. Track of, I just absorb it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know because uh, Ennis is doing stuff at Aftershock. Alan Moore's done. Warren Ellis is busy. Ennis is back at Marvel too. He's doing the Punisher again. Yeah. Are you serious? He's doing a a Vietnam story. Yeah. Is that part of the is that the ongoing or a new book? That's a miniseries. Huh. Yeah, I I imagine it's it's more in the uh, Max vein. Mm -hmm. It's one of the artists that he always has, like in the the Max series. The the it can't be Steve Dillon. the miniseries ones? Yeah, it can't be Steve <coughs> Dillon, so... No, he's passed, yeah. You're right, yeah. Maybe Leonardo But he, he was drawing it with uh, Clunin until he passed, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clunin. I love Garth. Garth, no, and it, he's, he's going back to Vietnam, so it's going to be some good Frank. I, I just know it. That'll be good. i got to look this up. Well, he's so good at he's so good at war comics. I mean, he's he invests a lot. Like, I went to one of his panels and he reads a lot of history stuff, like mm-hmm. nonfiction. He knows his stuff. When he writes something, he knows what happened during this time frame, and then he makes it fiction out of it. But it's still amazing. Yeah, I love his battleground stuff. Oh yeah, he's great. those are great. At, and that war uh, stories. War stories yes. from Avatar, yeah. As well, I loved his uh, Max series. Uh, that what was it, Nick Fury? Yeah. Where it was like Nick Fury, like every every it's issue, a, every issue was like a different war skirmish that he went through. I think through. that's the artist that's with him too. Ooh, all right, I like both of them. Let me check who that was. I found that it's Garth Ennis and the art is Goran Parlov, and it's called yeah, The Platoon. It is the guy who did Fury Max. Oh, yeah. Yep. That that Fury Max is so good. That's a good team. Garth Sign is me up. pretty doggone amazing, and it's weird too that he's the most of all the cross writers. He's the most grounded. Like he he doesn't like go nuts like some of them do but uh it he created the crossed me and bill miss it very much i i i think it's so like the horror factor of it is amazing and it's just so it's like walking dead on steroids i like the crossed i missed i miss avatar they've they've lost their their presence i think i don't know why they they're they're not publishing much. I've got a shit ton across, and I've read barely any of it. I read some of Volume One. I've got let's see, one, two, three, four. Volume five. One is pretty tame. It, it's like Volume One, Volume Two, 
and then it just goes nuts. And the thing that's different than The Walking Dead is you can't really follow a group because they all pass. There's there's only like five survivors in the whole hundred issues, and they are sicker than the crossed. I mean, to to survive in this world, they have become worse than the crossed. Hmm. So like the only the the only survivors are the ones that are just horrible horrible people. You don't want to mess with them. You'd rather die. <laughs> <laughs> but the artists yeah. they get, I mean, they're amazing. Like Avatar and the, some of the Boundless. The, the problem with the Boundless is the Boundless is like five ninety nine books. Mm-hmm. They're expensive, mm-hmm. e- expensive, and all of the meat, all the stuff that makes it a good book, like even the story, is the new stuff, and it's like twenty pages. And then you get a bunch of pinups, and then you get old stuff. So it's mm. like you don't really get like if it was all like the first stuff, I would really, really, really enjoy it. But it's not. But the lookers is cool because it's like crime noir. It's it's like uh, they're they're investigators. Like in the lookers number one, Ember, they were investigating a husband that was cheating on the wife, and they're like. Okay, we're gonna follow this guy. All we need to do is get some screenshots, and then they get caught up in like a Mexican cartel drug lord thing, and it's crazy. <laughs> That's they're getting great. shot out, and they're on like motorcycles, and they have all kinds of cars chasing them with machine guns going, <laughs> and they're in bikinis, oh. <laughs> <laughs> riding these uh, bikes. Oh man, sounds great. <laughs> See, I think that would get me out of the story, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be a little too distracted. You might be. Because, like, Xenoscope does a little bit of that, but you can still follow the story. Because there's not, like, well, all Zen- TNA. Zenis- well, Xenoscope's misunderstood. Like, most of the people that condemn Xenoscope don't read it. Mm-hmm. Because Xenoscope, Barb read Xenoscope, right, Barb? You read uh, Grim Fairy Tales... And it wasn't like TNA, right? See, she even says right. She liked it. She was reading fables and grim fairy tales. It it, it is good story. I mean, yeah, they put TNA on the cover, but that's to attract whatever audience they're going after. But the, the, there's content in the book. Grim fairy tales is the one that's like an anthology, right? Yeah, that's like horror stories that, inside. Everything that no, no the that's grim fairy. Um, the main title is Grim Fairy Tales. The other one's Tales of Terror. Grim Maybe that's the one I'm that's thinking the of. Anthology. Yeah, yeah, I love the anthology. That one's really good. Yeah, that one's like Tales from the Crypt. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that they have that, and then every character like Helsing and uh, Cinderella and Robin Hood, they all spawned off of the main title. Hmm. But that one got over a hundred issues until they relaunched it finally. I think I read some of the Robin Hood. Wasn't there? A, there was like a big event crossover. I think I read that too. Yeah, that one wasn't too good. <laughs> their, their, their crossovers ha- are not the greatest. I, th- I I haven't read very good crossovers. But me and Bill get like Courier. We, I mean, we get like Red Agent. There's a lot of them that come out of there, and they're they're good books. I mean, they're really good. 
They um, have a lot of continuity in it, believe it or not. Oh, no, I, like I noticed that. There's a lot of freaking continuity. I mean, they did Little Mermaid or whatever that was. That was Meredith Finch, and they've, they've done quite a bit of, of stuff. Did I Matter of fact, Kim? Pat Shand kind of owns that, and he, he, he wrote that Looker story I was telling you about <laughs> uh, for Boundless. No, I didn't read Little Mermaid. I was just looking at it. Yeah. Realm World, that's Kim. what I read. Yeah, that's the one I think I skipped. Mm. I, I don't get all of them, but I get a good portion of them. It was good but confusing because I wasn't reading much beforehand. Yeah, that's because they have such continuity. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really in-depth. I mean... Their action figures are killer. Oh my god, if Valiant could do action figures like they do. <laughs> they have action figures? Yeah, they've done uh, Robin Hood, they've done Cinderella, they've done, a, man, they've done a couple of them. They're, they look awesome. Let me check these out. Yeah, they're, they're cool. There's, there's... If you ever just curious and you, and you want to really get what Xenoscope's about read read volume 1 of the the main title grim fairy tales because it'll it'll spawn off, it, it it really is grim fairy tales but in a modern take like they're in the world it's like fables it's just different okay it's, it's with sexy women <laughs> <laughs> That might draw me in more than people's trivia. <laughs> okay. Can I switch? Can I switch gears on you boys? It's your show, dude. You can I, do whatever you want. Because I have a question for both of you, Uh-oh. and it stems from exactly what Mike was just talking about, and actually what I'm reading. So, to give you a little preview, because currently I'm reading uh, Rot World, the mm-hmm. crossover Rot World. For the first time. And you know how much of a scaredy cat I am, Martin. I read a, mm-hmm. a very few pages, not even an entire issue before I go to bed. And I have to put it down because it it creeps me out just enough. Uh, but my question is, and Rot World, for me, falls into into it perfectly. What was your favorite crossover and... Would you like that crossover to actually become an event? So, spo- so instead of just crossing over, it actually becomes something larger. Rot World, I wish Rot World was larger. Like, it encompassed all of the, I'm going into, like, they're trying to locate Superman. And they have, like, umpteen flashbacks of all these heroes being brought down by the Rot. And I was sort of like, why why did this only go through Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, uh, Animal Man, and Swamp Thing? Like, I would, I would have liked to seen that hit, like, different titles, or even if they make it, like, an annual type of Well, you know why, why you're experiencing it, I think, and, and feeling it at the level you're feeling it? It's because you're reading it all at once. Mm-hmm. When, when it, when, when it was coming out monthly, Mm-hmm. It was like a long burn. I mean, it was, it lasted for 
ever. <laughs> it was like you'd get it one month and then you'd read it and then it would go over into Swamp Thing and you'd read that one and then you'd wait another, you know, three weeks or four weeks and, you know, it was, it was long. But when you're, you're, you're sitting and enjoying it all in one shot. Oh, and for sure. Man, if, if you're feeling it, if you're really feeling the rot, the red, the, the green, um, you really need to pick up Charles Soule's uh, Swamp Thing because he introduces the metal and, oh, my God, it gets good. I mean, like, all right. it, it is all linked. All that stuff is all linked together. And, okay. and a lot of the characters that are introduced in Lemire's and in, in that early run are, are he plays with. So he, he – man, he really took that and, and ran with it. I mean, he – he made it he, he did the same like Charles Soule kicked ass at DC. He he got all the titles that were failing mm-hmm. and he injected life into them. Like he got Swamp Thing, he got the Red Lanterns and, and man did he make that Red Lanterns book addictive. I mean he 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 took the Milligan stuff and just put it in high speed overdrive. And he made you care about these characters that are, are bad guys. I mean that you you don't have empathy towards now you do. Um it, it he did a great job. Um more so than I than I think he does at Marvel. Although I I, I do really enjoy his Daredevil and his Inhumans. I was going to uh, say Daredevil and Inhumans he did pretty much the same thing for. Yeah, Inhumans he he did fantastic. People it mm-hmm. it didn't settle well with a lot of people. They're like who are the Inhumans? I don't care. care. Mm-hmm. But he did world building with the Inhumans. He he, mm-hmm. he took he took it and he made it big and and really large. And he gave all of the second tier. He, he created so many characters. I mean, there there are so many characters that got hit by those those that Terrigen mist, and and he he built their lives. Like he has that detective and that goes with a dog. I mean, he's got, he created bat more bad guys. And and usually it's the Royal family and that's it. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. he took the ball and he really ran with it. And whether people liked it or not, if, if you, I read it like you read what world I I sat down. I, you know how I collect and collect and collect. And then I Mm -hmm. sometimes read it like a trade. I, I read all that inhuman stuff in one shot, and I'm like, oh my god, I I, I couldn't stop, I hmm. couldn't stop. Yeah, you see all of the spider webbing that a writer's trying to do. Oh a man, lot, a lot easier. And, and there is a lot of it, mm. a lot of it. But see, that's why I mean, going back, like this was a crossover. Looking even at and Martin already knows, like I am the biggest cheerleader for uh, Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. And I heard all of the criticism, but since I trade weight, I didn't have to wait months in between issues. So for me, reading that, it was just tons of fun. But I I totally understand the people that read it issue to issue. When you have to wait three months and it's not the only comic you're paying attention to, I I understand you're losing like all of those little spider webs that for me are all connected. And that's where the emotion comes from. That's that's why your reading experience is when you're in the mood. And that's why I, I read mostly like I'm in trade most of the time, even though I have single issues. 
and and I think that's why I enjoy it m- more than just reading month to month because you don't feel forced to be caught up. Like people always ask me, how do you feel about this? And I'm like, haven't read it yet. (laughs) (laughs) But Mike, Mike, I, I gotta say, I love your transformation from having the library, trying to read everything current to now you're a complete mood reader and the anxiety, you still want to have the library, but it's, by having the library, it takes away that anxiety because you want to read. I, I think today I'm going to read Moon Knight 25. Mm. Well, that anxiety has gone because you know you have Moon Knight 25. Yeah, and I just go down to the basement and I grab it. Yep. I pull it out of the Mylar and I was like, yep. I want to read it. I can do it. Yeah, and I, right. I, I, love, I love that new attitude because – and I and I, and I think everyone has seen that transformation – and it's probably been what nine months that you've been slowly transforming over just to be a mood reader. Yeah, yeah. It's I've always been, I've always been a mood reader. It's 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 my co-hosts that kind of take me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, and but, I mean, I even but then I, I end talking... up canceling those those podcasts because I can't like retro geek brunch. And DC Noise, they're free for alls, man. I don't even mm-hmm. know what's going to happen, and that's what makes my—that's what makes you keep wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. It's because you don't have a plan. If you don't have a plan, that's why I love your podcast. If you don't, you never know what you're going to get. We don't know and either. And it, it's just like two <laughs> friends talking, and it's like it's more natural. It's not planned. It's not scripted. It's coming from your heart. It's mm-hmm. coming from your passion. You're feeling it. Whether it's good or bad emotion, it's raw. It's, it's not, you know, scripted at all. And that's the kind of stuff that I nav, I go for. But can, can I ask you about your other podcast? Um, Gotham by Geeks. Because that, they, <laughs> like, like you can take a book, any book you want in, and this is my book of the week. But they also dis- discuss a lot of the current Batman. So, do you feel like you have to keep up on that universe? No, I, I usually you tell just... them I'm gonna go mute if I don't want to get spoiled, and then if I don't care because I like, oh, they're gonna talk about Batman now, and I'm not gonna read that. I know for another four months, then I'll just say, go ahead and do it. And by the time I get to it, I forgot what they said anyway. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but I, I have to say, as a trade waiter, I. When I finally flip the switch that I don't care about spoilers in my head, like even listening, I believe it was like your last podcast, Mike, you were talking about Death of X. And Martin sort of talked about it, but sort of skirted around some of the spoilers. Mm -hmm. And in your like three sentence review, you just sort of dropped like, this is what Emma's doing. And this is what (laughs) Scott was doing. And to be honest with you, now it's like, I have to find Death of X. Yes, I, I need to read that because I want to see how that happens. And that De- just gets me excited for it. Death of X was if you're if you're an Emma F- and Daryl's gonna come on and he's gonna say you dumb stupid guy, what? <laughs> I'm not feeling it. It's not right. But I, I think if you really love Emma Frost, Death of X is like amazing mm-hmm. be- because she comes out as is like she should be manipulative. I mean, she lies, lies about everything. Like Scott was dead yeah. a long time ago. 
And she she just led people, the whole X Men, on this whole thing, this whole war. Let's and not forget we'll, we'll that that relationship started, and she would show Gene in his dreams to him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> this woman ain't, ain't like a princess. So no, she comes from a very dark place. Yeah, she she. She but some her writers own. write her as a princess, and it's she's like, no, 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 she's but not. Don't forget what she's done, right? I mean, she's done but, some bad stuff, like just but, like Magneto. Except I would be with Magneto if I was a mutant. I, I believe in their like they're they're just they're treated like shit, and I would rather be like you could be a good guy and be with Professor X, but you're always gonna be on the side that nobody cares. And you're, all your friends are gonna die, and for no reason because you're protecting somebody else. <laughs> I'd rather protect my people and my loved ones, and that's what Magneto's about. Yeah, but I mean that leads into issues, like when you start doing that tribalism, like Magneto does. Yeah. So I, I I mean I get I get your sentiment and I agree like I would want to protect my family first of all but I don't know that gets rough in real life you know what I mean Yeah yeah But we would be fighting each other then Martin I'm sorry well, I mean I wouldn't follow Professor X's side like, <laughs> You'd be somewhere with the X Force I'd just do whatever these, Emma wants to do you know what I mission, mean these kill missions happening in the middle yeah, of the night I, I'd be I'd be an uncanny X Force that's what I would do <laughs> You'd I'd, have your uh, infrared uh, eye goggles and be ready to go on these night missions I just want to do cool shit that's what I want to do you know you'd be past with the knife man you're like I'm ready <laughs> I just want to run around with cable. <laughs> see, you see what I mean? Like, if dude, if I had mutant powers, I wouldn't want to like go leave, live peacefully in an island or some shit. Like, I don't want to go do cool shit with my powers. Yeah. Well, if I had powers like cable, I'd be like, man, this timeline sucks. I'm out of here. Back to the back <laughs> to the past. And I wouldn't even be thinking, how can I cure this timeline to make it perfect? In three thousand years, I'd just be like, "Look, I'm in '85. This is perfect." Look, if I had a mutant, if I had a mutant power, my mutant power would be to not be affected by Emma Frost's power. Because <laughs> then she'd be like, "This guy is not affected. Sexy time all the time." <laughs> oh, do you remember the Greg Horn covers on that Emma Frost? Oh, oh my god. god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord, Emma is the best. Yeah, Emma is it's the so best. Fun. I don't. I don't know if like if it was real life. I don't know if I'd want to date Emma Frost. Like I've, you know, we, we've talked about my stripper stories before. Yeah, that none of them were Emma, but you know, there there there's women kind of like that. You got you got to avoid them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like Daryl says, the dead eyes. You don't you don't <laughs> want dead eyes all the time. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. Just, just not kosher. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna go mute for two seconds because Barb's gonna do some salsa. What? <laughs> oh, lucky you. Yeah, she's making some homemade salsa and the blender's gonna go. So nice. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. 
I thought I thought I thought he was talking about like she was actually gonna start salsa dancing. Salsa dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't mute that. Put it on video. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, that's crazy. Um, Do you have any idea? Uh, going back to the pulp comics, mm. do you have any idea like those hard hard case? What what is it? Hard case? Hard crime? Yeah, hard case. I haven't. Uh, are, I need to, I need to are pick those, those up. Selling? Are those selling at all? No, like, is no, there... not not too well. That stinks because they're so fantastic. Well, like everyone in our Facebook chat's been talking about those books, so I've got to pick them up. Yeah, you should. Trigger Man, Peep Show, and. Um... The assignment, yeah. And every and time the, you say the, Peep Show, re- I always think Joe Matt <laughs> is Peep Show. Did you read it? I want to talk some Peep Show. I mean, this, <laughs> yeah, no, Joe Matt. No, no, Peep no, Joe, no Joe Matt. Joe Matt's amazing. Okay, he is. He, he's Canadian, and this guy just sexually masturbates all the time. And, yes. and he, he he lives off. He's deviant. He has like a, a deviance about him about like not caring to his friends. He's not very loyal. Oh no! And he writes he writes about himself, and he's so bad on himself. And you're like, man, this guy is not a good person. And I actually met him in real life, but I, I was like, Ooh. I don't want to shake his hand because <laughs> I was like, this guy's hand is constantly masturbating. Yep. So I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, is he pretty much like his writing? He looks like his writing. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> no, but it's like, wow, not a lot of people have read Peep Show. And then what he's done is Fanagraphics has taken a lot of pieces of Peep Show, and they've made these hardcovers like Spent and, um, God, what is the other one called? There's one about when he was a child, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's amazing. It, it's autobiographical and highly, highly entertaining. Oh, he! I thought it was very honest writing, which was fun to read back in the day. Yeah. Uh, well, for him, like, he felt like he was writing for an everyman, where uh, I used to read Seth quite a bit, Palookaville. And every time I read him, it totally made sense that the New York uh, what is it? The New Yorker went after him to draw cartoons for them because he just had such a like clean finished style to his work. So that Palookaville has always been like so high up there for me. And he's never ever come around here for any of the cons. I think mm-hmm. he does Canada and San Diego. That's about it. Hmm. Wow, I can't believe you read Peep Show. Oh, God, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know too many I'm, people that have read it. That's why I get excited when I hear somebody's read Peep Show. See, if I go uh, there, digital, there's... I can't get that. That's not in Comixology. <laughs> but see if you can find... Oh, hold on a second. I'll give you some titles. Maybe the collected editions are... Because Peep Show was is like his uh, cartoon, and they, they collect the cartoon. But... They have like collected editions of various times in his life. <clears throat> hmm. So if yeah, I... I remember a few years ago, Sean was, uh, he was looking for, uh, a few issues of Flaming Carrot. And I was like, 
what do you need? Do you just want me to send you my entire run? Like, I, I had no problem. To, like, I just wanted people, like, just put that art in people's eyeballs. That's all I cared about. And he was like, what can I send you? And I was like, nothing. Don't even worry about it. It's just like the same with, like, Palookaville or Peep Show. It's just, those are fun things that more people should be reading. Yeah, I I got into the autobiographical stuff about 10 years ago. Maybe maybe a little longer, but that's when I got into to the Joe Matt stuff, and I I think I read everything that came out of like Drawn and Quarterly and Fanographics. Nice. And then and then I went to uh, Tom Beeland, and I read True Story. Swear to God, like everything that he had on it. Wow. And um, I fell in love with both of those books. See, so you read like Yummy Fur and. No, but Bill, I think Bill has. Oh Bill's my gosh. Chester Brown went from writing like dreamlike, very uh, surreal dreamlike type, like very interesting stories into writing almost like it was, he became almost like Joe Matt, like realistic, but yet there were still dreamlike qualities around the masturbation. Yeah. It was really weird. <laughs> Well, if you read Peep Show, you know, there was like three guys that he hung out with, and two mm-hmm. of them were doing autobiographical books, too, and I think one of them was Chester Brown. That makes sense. Yeah. Because the- there was the, there was that one guy that was, that did the autobiographical, and he would always have sex with hookers. <laughs> and I, I, I can't remember what his name was, but, so, so you had Joe Matt, that would um, masturbate all the time, and then you had this other guy that would just get hookers all the time. <laughs> Don't shake his hand either. <laughs> well, that's a real shame that those pulp crime books aren't 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 ba- making bigger splashes. That's a darn shame. Because I even asked when Ronnie. Uh, when he was going through the two boxes he he went through last night, my first question, other than Master of Kung Fu, which I, I need some ma- Master of Kung Fu, um, but other than that, I asked him if there was any like war crime books in there, and he was like, "No, sorry." Yeah, most of what he had on there was like old superhero stuff. Yeah, those are kind of hard to find. Like yeah. the crime noir stuff. I mean, Valiant did some stuff when they were acclaimed. They had the they had a lineup of uh, crime noir books. Yeah, the Armed and uh, Dangerous. I forget what the, yeah, Armed and Dangerous. But there was like Grave Diggers. There was mm-hmm. there was like five five of them. Yep. Um, and they were good. If I mean, if you like if you like crime noir, I'm so yeah. into it though right now. Like, <clears throat> that's why I absolutely fell in love with. Batman and Elmer Fudd. It is so crime noir. Mm-hmm. It, it, oh, I I have been like not liking Tom King's voice in Batman, but when he did Elmer Fudd, oh my god! Every Was word it? he wrote it exactly like Elmer Fudd talks, Waskell, and you know, like the way he talks. And they were in a bar, and inside the bar they had characters like they had a guy like Bugs and and. You know, Bugs Bunny, and he's at the, he's at the bar, and Elmer comes in and talks to him because he thinks that he killed his girlfriend. And they have 
Foghorn Leghorn gambling with um, Yosemite Sam, mm-hmm. and in the background, and they're talking to each other, and it just—if you love Looney Tunes, like it—it it, is—it is so good because it—it it takes that Looney Tunes world and it puts it into a crime noir world at a bar, and the voices are like top notch like Tweety looks like he's like a guy that rats people out (laughs) (laughs) he's got a huge head and it it oh man it's so good and it's got silver saint cloud and i am a sucker for silver saint cloud i like (laughs) love her she's my favorite um love interest for bruce wayne like by far and it, it is so cool have you guys read it did I? I don't think I read it. I have it. No, I haven't read it. read it. You should read it. I think it'll it will change it'll change your mind because I was in tears in in like I had goosebumps the whole time I read it and I just had all this passion and I just like I couldn't let it out and I was like Barb, I can't read another comic. I can't because <laughs> I had I had it was so good. Like it 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 was like peak and i didn't want to come off that peak and i knew if i read something else i would fall off that peak and i still haven't read anything since this morning i like i just i'm still circling around that and it came at the right time it came at the right time because i just read the assignment and i was like this is five out of five i'm in love and then i read i'm like okay why am i gonna do this to myself but i'm gonna read it and it went into that crime noir again. And I'm like, oh my god! Yes, yes, yes! Was it and, Tom King's writing, or was it Lee Weeks it's that brought Tom you in? King, it was both. But Tom King's writing is what made brought tears to my eyes because oh. I love Elmer Fudd, and, and mm-hmm. the way he, the banter between Elmer Fudd and Bugs was amazing. I mean, it was just top notch. And and then That's you great. threw in. You threw in a triangle of love between Elmer Fudd and Bruce Wayne and Silver St. Cloud, and I'm just <laughs> God, it's got the pulp in it. It's got it. It's like, oh, it's so like you. This could have been a hard case crime story with the Looney Tunes. It could have went into Titan Comics. That's how good it was. That was wow. amazing. Take all my money. Yeah, that sounds great. I never in my wildest dreams thought I would love this book as much as I did. But it I posted I posted it was my single favorite uh solo issue I almost I've ever read in my entire life. It just it hit every emotional chord that I could possibly have. And and, and we're all different. Like my emotional chords are gonna strike different than yours, mm-hmm. and it struck at the right time. Like I'm so into the crime noir right now, even in like TV and what movies that that like you could throw anything at me, and I'm like yum 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 yum. <laughs> and I'm like, ready, ready. And and it, it, this Elmer Fudd book just came and slapped me in the face, and it's like uh, I, I haven't read a comic since. <laughs> wow. I'm flipping through this right now. It's actually really good. Oh, and Lee Weeks. Uh, I mean, just look at some of the dialogue, Martin. It it it's it it is so Elmer Fudd. It, it almost brings a tear to my eye because he's so in love with Silver Saint Cloud. Uh-huh. I mean, just... 
Well, and it's funny too because he he does he talks just like Omafar does in the comics, right? He's like, I'm hunting playboys. Um, yeah, but like it doesn't it doesn't feel comedic. Like it feels serious. No, it feels passionate. Yeah, I almost feel. I almost I cr- almost cried for him because I was like, he co- and he's got he's carrying this shotgun around. <laughs> <laughs> Barrel shotgun. <laughs> Oh god, I love it. Oh shit. Uh, I might have to go to my LCBS and pick that up this weekend. I'll I'll read this after we're done. There's there's a couple I hadn't read. I didn't read that one. I still haven't read the Jonah Hex one and the Wonder Woman. Those are the three. What's the Jonah Hex one? Uh, Jonah Hex, Yosemite Sam. Ooh. And then it's uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Tasmanian Devil. Interesting. I like the rest, though. Oh, no, and I haven't read the Lobo one. Oh, fuck. All right, I'll, I'll read these tonight. Yeah, just just the bar scene alone, Mar- Martin. Oh, my God. Uh, if, uh, it's, and it's got that talking frog in it. <laughs> do, you ever, do you remember the Looney Tunes cartoon where that frog would always talk when the guy was there? Mm-hmm. And then he would shut up when... He's like, hello, my damn man. Hello, my damn man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's in that car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, yes. And then Marvin the Martian is at a bar, at the bar, too. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, that's my guy right there. <laughs> Sign me up. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll check these out. And, Mike, I know you're a big Shadow guy. How is Batman and Shadow? That one that started off really good. I've only read the first one. Um, okay, that's where I'm at too. And uh, I like it a lot. I, I love the Shadow. I've even read the first issue of the new Shadow series, and that one mm. starts off really good because it starts off with a John Doe in in the hospital, <laughs> and wow. it, it might, it may or may not be the Shadow. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. Because the nurse, the nurse was rescued by the shadow early in her her career, and she's like, "I think this guy's the shadow." <laughs> she's like, "His voice is just spot on," you know. It, it, it is pretty good. I liked it. I, I love the shadow. Like, I don't, and it's weird too because I never listened to the radio show, but um, mm. I did watch the Alec Baldwin movie, and I've read his all his DC appearances. And I've I collect all his dynamite books. Like dynamite gets shat on, but they do the pulp hero pretty doggone good. Like the uh, let's see, what do they do? They do the Doc Savage, the 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 um, Shadow, the Green Hornet, of course. Uh, it Justice Incorporated, like. These are all the things that DC had the licenses for for a short time when they did the first wave. Yep. Now Dynamite's doing it. And I love the first wave. I I, I really did. I was so pissed with uh with the Doc Savage because uh they didn't finish it. And yeah, it was the, right. the only the only way you could buy it was through <laughs> digital. So I was like, I'm going to Comixology and I have to buy 18. Because <laughs> it was never, it was never published. They just went directly to digital because they canceled the line. Jeez. Is Justice Inc. good? I might pick this up. Yeah, yeah. The, 
Justice Inc. is a lot like Doc Savage. It's it's a guy, but he can change he can change the way he looks. He's kind of like the Human Target. So if you like the Human Target, the Human Target TV show is great. I, was I that, man, that t- show was, was good. Was that done by Kyle Baker at DC first? Uh, the original Human Target was the a backup in like uh one of the action comics or something, right? Or am I thinking Justice Inc.? Justice Inc. had his own uh, title when there were 20 cents. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't remember who did it. I'm trying to find it now. Oh, it's it was called Justice Inc. The Avenger. And that was done by Mark Wade. Well, no, that was oh. Dynamite. Hold on a second. Uh, there's so many series. I'm trying to find, yeah, DC. This was in the '70s. That was Denny O'Neill with uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Kubert. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> wow, <"Yeah>, no joke. <laughs> yeah, it is the first appearance of the Avenger uh, in that 20 cent issue. There's that's only four issues though, 1975. So maybe this is the shit I need to be reading. Instead of all the new stuff. Maybe I should be reading, like, these throwback to Golden Age stuff. It, it's, uh, just read, just read what you feel like. Like that, don't let somebody dictate your, what you want. Like, just what, what do you feel like? Just like when you go purchase anything. What do you feel like eating? Just, what do you feel like reading? And just go do mm. it. You will enjoy it so much more. Like, and you were right. Kyle Baker drew the the mini series for Justice Inc. Uh, with Andy Helfer writing it. So I haven't read that yet. That was a deluxe format series. It was only two issues. Yeah, yeah. But, that, um, that's when DC were doing. They were doing a lot of deluxe format. Yeah, that came like out in uh, yeah 1989. Kyle Baker's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. He, he he has a lot of different styles like that he can he can do. I think he, Martin, I I think you need to, if you can get over the hump of not needing or having the desire to know what every new title is doing, if you can give up on that, it would make your life ten times less stressful. Well, I mean, the more we talk about this, the more I realize maybe I should just quit reading comics altogether and just buy trades. Yeah, or or whatever you feel like on demand. Like, off your iPad. Boom, you got it. There you are. You read it, you absorbed it. You'll remember everything you care about. I mean, like Elmer Fudd is ingrained in my brain right now. I'll rem- you talk to me when I'm 65, I'll be telling you, oh, I remember they were in the park. Like the things that you're passionate about, you will, they'll mm-hmm. stick out. The stuff that's just mediocre, you, you'll remember certain parts, but you won't remember the details. Hmm. I think I just dropped yeah, I, like half my damn books. I was gonna say I don't even I, I don't even see you happening to call your list. I I would agree uh, that maybe looking at your top five type top ten, but even if you do that, like we were discussing last week, all of a sudden a creative team could go on that and just 
poop the bed for you. Where, guess what? You can go in and out of titles. It's okay. It's okay if you don't read volume five of, you know, Contest of Champions. That's all right. Or you could do what Bill does. Just dip your toe in when something starts. And if you like it, say, hey, that's on my trade list. Yeah. And then you have the whole story. Or Batman and Elmer Fudd might be <laughs> a little bit, and that's when you run up to the LCBS and you're like, I'm going to buy that, and I'll buy two other comics. Mm. It makes it so much... As soon as I gave up on I need to know exactly what is happening with the Avengers and Justice League, and I would still, through osmosis, I would still hear on podcasts or friends talking about those titles... But once I gave up on I have to be part of that conversation, oh my gosh. It's freed me up to, like, let's read EC Horror, and now I can discuss that with two or three of my friends who actually read the same thing. The key is is to talk about and put yourself in a position to be the most passionate about what you like. Yeah. And, and the way to do that is to be loose form on, like... There's there's certain podcasts like Gotham by Geeks where I I I show up and I I can pick anything gives anything Batman which is good because mm-hmm. if I want Swamp Thing I can say when did Swamp Thing team up with Batman <laughs> when did that I mean Adam Strange okay Adam Strange was with Batman I could do that <laughs> or I you do, do a Brave and the Bold like uh, Unknown Soldier with Batman. Well, I almost did this, uh, <laughs> I couldn't make this one podcast, but I almost was gonna do All-Star Squadron number four. <laughs> and, and Batman was only in like four panels. And I was like, he's there! Earth One Batman's there! <laughs> yeah, see, that's kind of what I did with Spider-Man, cause I'll read all the Spider-Man events, but I don't give a shit about the book when it comes out. Right. Yeah. But the events are fantastic. Or guess yeah, what? I... All of a sudden, one of your buddies reach out and like, have you read the new creative team on it? Oh, you should pick it up. And guess what? You pick up the first arc, but you don't, you don't get, you don't need to have it right now. You could just pick it up on trade. Yeah, I'm reading the clone saga for the first time. Never, never read it. Just skipped oh, it entirely. I, I gotta and join uh, you on that. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying that it's a cluster. <laughs> I'm enjoying that it's all over the place. I'm enjoying that I get Ben Riley in four issues, and then I get Peter in another four issues, and then they throw in a Spider-Man Unlimited that's just a one-shot. And I, it was just Mary Jane watching her husband almost die, and I was almost in tears because she got in tears. I was like, "Oh my God, Peter's gonna die!" <laughs> And she's like breaking down. She's like, I might lose my husband. The building just fell on him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just boomerang, you know, throwing boomerangs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm there crying, and it's only like a 15 page story. <laughs> oh. I was right next to Mary Jane on the couch crying for Peter. Clone Saga. Didn't that go on for years? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I have an omnibus, and there's still another one coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Halfway through it. I need to look it, it up. It is so bizarre, but it's like, I, I am so in the mood for it. Like, 
it, it it's incredible how some of these scripts are are done. They're like so loosely, and you're like they're not like tight. They're they're just like all over the place. But you if if you fi- stick your brain back into that time period of the '90s, you're like, oh yes, yes, mm-hmm. give it to me, yes. Dude, I love that era. And you got to remember, too, I was freaking young as shit in the 90s. Yeah. So, like, all those books, as bad as some of them are, like, they're still special to me because I was was a fucking kid reading them. Well, the thing is, is bad is good. A a bad book can be a good book. Mm -hmm. And and what people do – you don't have to have an Academy Award. I mean, you don't have to have a book that – that that's top notch. You just have to have something that you sit down and you enjoy. We enjoy Blood Drive. Blood Drive's not going to win any awards. It's going to mm-hmm. drive away ninety percent of the population. But we love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's like nineties uh, has a lot of comics like that. I mean, it has a lot of comics that I, I was reading Avengers Unplugged, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And that's one of the books that failed. Immediately, you know, they're having the wedding of Titana and Absorbing Man, and I'm like, I remember those guys from Secret Wars. I remember all those love affairs with Volcano and Molecule Man. <laughs> See, I I love reading those '90s issues, and if I come out of like a Jerry Conway one or a Rich Buckler one. And even if it's horrible and just not horrible in a bad way, but just like it didn't set the world on fire, but I can come out of it and be like, they were trying to do something there, whether it was catch up to the times or just write the most bizarre ass stuff. I love when I come out of it and it's like, all right, somebody was smoking way too much pot (laughs) or dropping LSD. Like, that made no sense, but who the hell cares? That's exactly the way I feel about Electra right now. I'm reading that <laughs> book, Peter Milligan and Diodato Electra, and the plots of this are just so ridiculously fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh my god. Was that Milligan right after, like, Shade the Changing Man? I I think this was crazy Mill- Milligan smoking something. Like, Shade <laughs> the Changing Man is pretty artistically awesome like mm-hmm. if you look at it from certain angles this is just crazy shit like okay i'm, I'm gonna go write some stuff and, and see he where was, it goes he was hanging out with morrison too long yeah i, I don't know it, there, there's just some threads in there that are, are bizarre this is like see, after has been murdered and she comes back to life, and her and Matt are no longer a thing. And it's like she the opens up a school, dojo. Right? Yeah, the, the, there's a, she, she gets a job working for this this guy that's gonna put a play on, and it's a big hit. Like there's like people in the audience, and Electra's dancing, and and this this artist <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, architect guy wants to take over her body, and and for some reason he's sending like every B list villain after her to try to take her down it, it starts off with a uh, bullseye and he almost kills her but it he, it gets to like a lot more b-list characters there was one character that they brought back it was a uh, whiplash he's the iron man oh. villain yeah yeah and they they add he added meat and potatoes to him like 
it, it shows like what a loser he is. He's like married to a woman and they're living with her parents and her parents hate him. They're like, he can't even get a job. He's no good for nothing. <laughs> and he says, well, you know what? I'm going to go to New York and I want to do this one job and then I'm going to come back and we're going to live happily ever after. And it turns into a tragedy. Like he goes down there. There's other people that are after Electra that start kicking his ass and, and then somebody kills his wife because he's like, bring my costume. And she brings it and kills his wife. And then he's like, he's devastated, you know? So it like adds but meat and potatoes to like whiplash. I don't know. It's like, there, there, there's some crazy stuff. And then the guy that owns the ballet center, he turns into a woman. <laughs> like the assignment, but it's weird. The, the, the architect, is immortal and he can move from body to body and he goes into this one girl's body and then he jumps another body and then that guy becomes a girl. <laughs> so he's in, a, he's in a, a woman of a girl and he's trying to figure out, do I want to like men or do I want, you know, he starts dating a, a man. It's, it's weird. It's like the assignment. Did you, have you guys read no, that? No, I haven't read that. Have you watched it? Nope. I'm scared to watch it because it the comic was so good that I don't know the the casting of Michelle Rodriguez is good because she's kind of tough you mm-hmm. know she's a tough actress and he's a badass so we'll see I'm gonna have to check that out yeah I've been looking at all the Walter Hill films and trying to figure out how am I gonna get them. <laughs> I got a pee. I'll be right back. All right. Well, at least he's not bringing bringing us in there. Yeah. There were the early episodes where you'd hear this little. I don't know if he was making margaritas or peeing. I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> we're usually pretty good with the mute. Yeah. But I have to. I have to. That is a huge hole. The the clone saga and everything that came from it, that is a huge embarrassing hole that I never dipped my toe into. I bought all the issues, so I, they're just waiting on deck for me to start them. Yeah. But, I oh have my God, either. there's some huge collections. I can see how it's two omnibuses. Yeah, my, my Spider-Man era came late. Because I've never been a Spider-Man guy, but it came with the... David Michelini and McFarlane kind of thing. Sure, sure. So, so like, you look at my age and you're like, why did you discover him so late? And it was because <laughs> I was more of a DC guy, you know? Right. And I followed him all the way until Michelini kind of left, I, all the Eric Larson stuff. And then when Clone Saga started, that's when I bailed. Uh, because every time I bail, I never bailed on comics, ever. And mm-hmm. no matter where I was in my life, but I did bail on titles, like, cause I was, I had certain income and whatever I was focusing on, I was focusing on. <laughs> sure. And, uh, I missed it. And it, it's, just, it's really enjoyable. Like, you can't tell, like, Paul to read this, cause he's gonna be like, this is not any good. Like, Right. He, he won't. He won't like the Clone Saga. Like you could, I could already tell him because he's like looking for something that that's better that stands out. Right. Because he's time limited. But 
if you want to love the history of a character, you have to explore the the dirt. You have to get your nails dirty. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a point in my reading where capes and cowls went out the window, and I and of course it happened right around the same time that the indie boom was happening, and then Vertigo launched. So it was really easy to push myself over to Fantagraphics, drawn in quarterly Dark Horse, and then of course Vertigo. So yeah. I took a break from capes and cowls, and then it took. Hearing all of the groundswell when, uh, like I knew Bendis from some of his noir stuff, but then to hear he's going like, oh my god, some of the stuff he was doing with uh, Avengers when he first started and then Daredevil, yeah. and that was the thing that sort of brought me back, especially when I heard, oh, they got rid of the recap page, oh, they got rid of internal monologue, yeah. and discussing the action of a panel through dialogue like mm-hmm. once they modernized it a little bit that's sort of what drew me back into it yeah which was great it was great because there's only when superheroes went really really dark that's sort of when i i mean i'm sure you know or just by listening to me it's like for me i enjoy the sunshine and unicorns like when it gets really really dark and dreary and apocalyptic there's only certain books and characters that can take me there yeah and when when everything becomes that way it's like no like i'll read an ellis like authority knowing that that's sort of like the like dark there's yeah, there's negative qualities to the yeah. characters. There's anti-heroes on the team. Right, it's like the Justice League, but in a darker, darker world. Look, yeah. I can't get away with this with Superman and Batman, so <laughs> here right. they are. Here's Apollo and Midnighter. Or they're scared to even try Yeah, to do that with Superman or whomever. Yeah. But as soon as I came back, it was it was really hard for me now to even look at independent books. It really has to ring true for me to be like, yes, I want to read that. Like autobiographical books, it takes a lot to draw me in where before I would just buy autobiographical books because, oh, it's I feel like I'm supporting Roberta Gregory when she's doing naughty bits or Jessica Abel. But now it's like I would really have to be drawn to something or have a buddy be like, you got to check this out. It's really amazing. Yeah, but what works for some people might not work for others. Like, <clears throat> like we're 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 at the age where we watch Looney Tunes. Like that was one of the cartoons that that drew us in. But mm-hmm. there's younger people that the Looney Tunes they're aware of the Looney Tunes and they might have seen them, but they weren't getting up at six a.m. and watching bars on their screen so they could see when. Looney Tunes started at 7 a.m. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, Absolutely. They didn't. They didn't go through that. And when you had the excitement as a child, where you were so excited, you didn't have an alarm clock. You had an internal alarm clock, and it was like Christmas on Saturday. And you would read the fall TV guide preview, and you'd say, "Oh my God, this is the lineup. I need to go from ABC." to NBC and then here to CBS. Oh no, these two are at the same time. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And, and you'd have to make those tough decisions. I, I, 
I tell Barb this every day. I am so glad I grew up when I did. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I think in today's world where, where you're plugged into the network, I would have personally missed out on a lot of discoveries. I do not think if I grew up in today's world, I would have ever had comics in my life. And you just too much stimulus. Yeah, there's too much stimulus. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm totally retro with games and stuff. Like I can't even get into the games. I like when you guys talk about games, but you give me like centipede and missile command and I, I'll talk to you about it. It's a bunch of lines going across the screen, but I could talk hours about that stuff. <laughs> but, but if you talk about halo and stuff, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. One- I'm back. I don't disagree though. That's why I'm like laying off social. Like I'm all in on Twitter, but everything else I've kind of gone away from. Yeah. There's just too much, dude. I just can't. Well, I, I just see kids today and man, the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep, they're plugged in. And for me, it was different. It was like I'd go four houses down and I'd, I'd knock on the door and I'd say, can John play? And then we'd go out and we'd play with our guns and whatever, cap guns, and play basketball and do stuff. And I think it's it, it, it's a it's a different world now. And I am I I wouldn't trade it for the I wouldn't trade my life for the world anything today. I just wouldn't because everything that that I learned and and did I love. Like that's why I'm so passionate about the things of the past because you, you throw that in like I love sword quest and you throw in that centipede comic and I'm, I even I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And it's because I'm, I'm taken back. Like I, I remember where I was and putting quarters in that machine. And, and I, I remember having to learn allow, allowance and sometimes even getting a free game when you hit the first player button and it goes, da da dee dee dee. And you're like, holy crap. It's like hitting the pinball button and you get a free game. I, 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 I miss that stuff. And, um, uh, I had a, I, I've had a good life. <laughs> I don't, I don't look back and say I regret anything. I, I, I just don't. I guess the only thing I wish I had in, in my childhood would have been a DVR. Because the anxiety, um, like you were saying, when things are double booked or I run late from school and I miss, you know, G.I. Joe or, you know, some other show, it's like back then you just missed it and you're never going to see it again. There was, there was no reruns. It, but, but you know what? That kind of made it even special, more special. Like the, the on demand stuff. It, it it was so different then. It was like spinner rack. I can miss an issue and I will never see that issue ever. It there was something about that. There's still an episode of Six Million Dollar Man I have never seen because my brother stuck a crayon up his nose. He decided <laughs> to stick it up his nose and snort it up that we had to rush him to the emergency room. And I never saw Six Million Dollar Man as a cop. And I I I. Remember that episode because I was like, Six Million Dollar Man's on. And you don't know how excited I was sitting in front of that TV with Six the Bionic Man. I, I just, that was my show. 
the bionic woman bionic man wonder woman 77 i mean the hulk i love those things battle of the network stars because they had the characters that i watched on the, the those shows it was incredible it's a good time <laughs> kids nowadays <laughs> they look at our stuff and they laugh <laughs> they'll never under they'll never they'll never understand it and uh i'm okay with that and uh, i just love what we had like we have a retro arcade in this place called manitou springs and they have everything that i love donkey kong centipede missile command there's nothing like playing missile command with a trackball i mean it's just Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to get a like a retro pie. <laughs> then you're mixing like new tech and old school shit. You know. I already have that on my iPad. Like I, I sit and play Centipede and Space Invaders, and <laughs> what is it? It's just the thing shooting up. Yeah. But that centipede, man, when it gets fired up, it comes down really, really fast. <laughs> and and then you're like spinning all out of the way and the spiders bouncing all over the place. That mystical man was awesome. What was that movie? Was that the Oh god. What was that movie called? With the guy from um Ferris Bueller. Oh, War Games. War Games. Yeah. That movie was amazing. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> Is that streaming? I need to find that. I might watch that tonight. Matthew Broderick, yeah. That's the one, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, good times. Movies meant more, too. Man, waiting in line for Star Wars. Holy crap. That was like the best time ever. That's when I was excited to wait in the line. Now it's like I want to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty friendly when I went to see Star Wars. What was it? Episode 7. Yeah, 7. It was good. I got free tickets to that for donating blood. I took, yeah. uh, I t- I took Reagan. She loved it. I thought it was fine. When I saw Star Wars, it was in 77, man. And it was, I was in, <laughs> with my dad and, and brother, and it was just awesome. Like, same here. Best, best experience that it's, it's like you could remember the seat and the smell of the theater. I mean, it's like it meant so much that the ambiance, you, you remember stuff. You remember the smell of popcorn. It was different than the smell of popcorn now. I mean, it it, it just, uh, man. We My mom used to take sandwiches in. We have a fried bologna sandwich. We're watching Star Wars with a fried bologna sandwich. She'd have a purse full of popcorn. And, man, because we could never pay for the popcorn. We could never buy anything at the the stand. We Everything came out of her purse. <laughs> See, I wasn't even born when that came out. Yeah, you guys are you guys are young. Mm -hmm. Nick is is in my era. Yeah, absolutely. I remember my first James Bond film that I went to go see, Moonraker. 
And Holy that was, cow. oh my, that was such a naughty film. Oh. <laughs> I remember my parents taking me to my first movie. It was the Jack Lemmon movie, and it was called Tribute. And I don't remember anything about the movie except that there were titties. It was the first movie <laughs> that saw titties. And I was like, I, I still talked to my mom, and I said, Mom, do you remember you took me to see Tribute, and there was titties? <laughs> <laughs> I always give her shit. <sighs> yeah, my dad would take me to action films or, like, teenage comedies. Uh, and afterwards, there was a few times where he's like, don't tell your mother or your brother you went to go see that. <laughs> and that's what I knew it was really naughty. We never went to like a naughty film, but he would bring VHS taps like Barbarian Queen. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, if you, if you know what that is, and you know, you know that that they had like a, a this was like a medieval kind of Red Sonia type movie, and they had like this guy who was a scientist and he was experimenting with like sexual contraptions. <laughs> like oh my gosh. That would, he'd be pumping girls and stuff. Like, what is this? But, uh, no. yeah, my barbarian. dad would take me, he would take me to like Conan, the barbarian. And there, oh, were, topla yeah. there were topless women all over the place. Crawl. That, that, that was one of them that I, afterwards my father was like, don't tell your mom you saw all of that. <laughs> like okay that was the witch scene right when he threw her into the fire and they were having sex oh yeah yeah Man, this barbarian queen cover is fucking sexy as hell <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wait. And then the, the sword and the sorcerer um uh -huh. that was another one that one that, that one he had a blade with three blades on it oh such a good movie i mean it's not good now you watch it now and it's like what the hell yeah, it's like Excalibur. That used to be so cool, and you watch it now, and, and it was. And at this point, you're like, the director and all of the stars must have been on way too much cocaine because everyone is sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are these are these covers pictures? Because they look like uh like Frank Frazetta paintings. The 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 painting of the the. The Barbarian the Queen, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a drawing. Really? Yeah. Ooh, wait. I need. It is more a pretty sex. It's a pretty sexual movie, but it's like uh, Conan with with a bunch of vengeful women. I was hoping I could stream it because I'm not buying the DVDs for forty five dollars. Barbarian Queen was on Netflix about. Eight years ago, because I rewatched it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Martin, just to let you know, very close with Frazetta, uh, Boris Vallejo. Okay, yep, yep. Which, if it isn't Frazetta, it's got to be him. Yep, sure is. Yeah, he did the movie poster. Barbarian. Yeah, why isn't that on? Why isn't that streaming? Are you sure it's not on Amazon Prime? It's on. no, it's not. It's not on Netflix. It's not on Prime. Dang it. And then there was Crawl, like all those movies. We anything that was like in that realm, Beastmaster, like oh yeah, oh, Beastmaster I, was awesome. I loved Beastmaster. He'd have those little ferrets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know, you had the Clash of the Titans, any kind of those movies I was like just absorbed in. Same here. Dang. That was a good time growing up. Dude, none of these are streaming. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, uh, they, they were, they, they come on every now and then, like, Sword and the Sorcerer did too. Sword and the Sorcerer was, was really good at the time. It was rated R too, cause I remember seeing it at the theater. And, uh, it had a lot of bloodshed at the time and a lot of boobies. <laughs> and I remember that, it would always shock my mom, but my dad would, like, brush it off. Like, it, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, same Not here. A, I had a good life. My dad, we, we never had any money, but we traveled the country in an Apache in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and, I rem- and we even took friends with us. Like, my parents were cool about it. Like, they'd take some of the friends in the neighborhood with us. Okay. Even in high school, before Barb went on vacations with us. So so like that that's how you know, when we were dating in high school she went on these these truck vacations with us. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Truck Yeah, there vacations. was no there was no airlines when when I was growing up, that's for sure. It was all road trips. No airlines. What are you from like the eighteen fifties? <laughs> no, they were they were just way too expensive. Oh. We couldn't afford they, they, them. They were a big deal back then. They were expensive. Yeah, it wasn't like fly fifty nine ninety nine on Southwest on some deal. It was a lot. So oh, yeah. we, we we would drive cross country. That was our trip, and that's where I would list. My dad had this this truck. It was a yellow Ford pickup, and he'd have a shell on it, and he built these like beds that we could lay down in the back and uh we would we would travel in there no seat belts no whatsoever go across country on this thing and he had he had crafted speakers like his homemade speakers made out of wood and he would put them in the back so we could play music and then he put in a cassette in there and it's like what do you want to hear and we're like Mario Speedwagon! Yeah! And then we'd hear it like over and over again. So like you knew what next song was coming out exactly when it was coming out. And it's like, Def Laver Pyromania now! Play it! And it's like over and over. Uh. So now when, when I hear one of those songs I'm and it ends, I'm waiting for the next one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a lot younger than you guys are, but even I've realized you, you you were talking about uh like flying and stuff. Even when I was young, like it was special to go flying, you know. And if mm-hmm. you if you were in a plane, like they made you feel like yeah, you paid a shit ton of money to be here, but you know you're special, bro. <laughs> yep. It's almost like over the years, just everything's just so commoditized that it doesn't really fucking matter anymore. You know, you take everything for granted. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even fly until college. And even when I did that, I don't even think my mother flew mm. at that point. Like I was flying out to see a a girl I was dating in California. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you communicate? Was it uh smoke signals? 
It was uh, <laughs> it was way too expensive phone calls. <laughs> Did you send telegrams? <laughs> yeah, that's when you had the long distance phone calls. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, and letters, of course, letters, postcards. She was a nanny, so letters. She had plenty of time to write letters and send pictures. So, mm. was it nudie pictures? There were some. Ooh. And then, and then <laughs> all of a sudden, well, this this was the kicker. That's when like, it's like, I need a plane ticket. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and this was the kicker about a year later, because I used to hide him in my uh, backpack. Mm-hmm. And a year, about a year later, uh, I came home after college uh, one summer and my backpack was missing. It wasn't where I usually throw it. So I didn't ask my mom about it, but I went into my closet and found it there and rifled through. And like everything in that backpack was cleaned out. Oh, no. And it, and it wasn't cleaned out by me. <laughs> I still don't want to ask my parents about my porno that, that I had in the closet. Cause I know there you go. Missing. <laughs> and the only people that knew where it was, it was by it was by one of my toys hidden in the back corner. And the only there was only two people that knew where it was. It was well, my brother knew, I knew, and one of my high school friends. So he, my either my high school friend took it or my parents found it, and they were too embarrassed to sit with me and say, "What is this stuff?" Ooh. Because I had this high school friend, and he looked like he w- he was one year younger than me, and he looked like he was like twenty five. <laughs> so he would always go to the video store, and he's like, "Okay, you guys want a porn? I'll go get it." And he'd walk right in and walk right out. <laughs> wow! <laughs> went went behind the velvet curtains. Yeah, back then. Yeah, they'd have the the VCR, like all the regular movies. And then you'd have the the pornos in the back, and he would just go to the back and grab out some pornos, and he'd usually rent them, but they'd have them on sale for like ten bucks after they got rid of. I guess when the, everybody masturbated and they got, <laughs> got t- tired of it, <laughs> they'd sell them for like ten bucks, and then he would go and he he'd go grab it. Or the tape is worn down. After one specific scene, because everyone stops or pauses it there and then rewinds it. So it's like, yeah, 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 get rid of that one. Yeah, I remember my first two pornos, like, one was a Marilyn Chambers, and I can't remember the title of it, but I remember one was a Sika film, it was called Sika is Tara. And then the other one was New Wave Hookers. And I swear, <laughs> New Wave Hookers was like the best porn i've ever seen god i remember my first porno it was called her red hot pussy whoa i was in i think i was in fifth grade i want to say we had uh we used to go to my buddy ernesto's house yeah we well great that's pretty early (laughs) we used to go to my buddy's house to play video games and uh one day we all went there we're playing video games and my buddy's like hey Check out what I found. And apparently he had found his dad's uh, porn stash. <laughs> and so we started, he put this red hot, red hot pussy on, and it was some crazy shit. <laughs> I still remember it. 
And I remember because I had to go pee really badly. And I didn't want to say, hey, I got to go to the bathroom because I didn't want to think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want everyone to be like, oh, my God, he's going to go jerk off because I really just had to fucking pee. Yep. Good old days. Those are the I never got the birds and the bees discussion ever. I don't think I did either. Yeah, I was, I did was, I did from my mother. Hmm. I have you had to learn like you you got the like healthcare class thing, but that's totally yeah. different. Like I didn't even know like masturbating existed. I didn't hmm. until until I met the friend and he said, "Have you ever masturbated?" <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like, just grab it and you just do it. You get some Vaseline and you go. I mean, I was having the wet dreams, but I was like, how do I hide this? Like, I didn't know what it was. I'd wake up and oh, yeah. be, have morning wood and and there's sticky stuff. And you're like, what the hell do I do? Like, is, is something wrong with me? You know, like, why why are my shorts sticking to my neck? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a scary time. <laughs> Yeah, things were changing. Things were changing, and you don't know why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the I had the talk. <laughs> yeah, but Barb just just Barb's cutting cantaloupe in the background. And he said, "You should have just Googled it." Well, we didn't have Google. <laughs> we didn't have Google. <laughs> it's not like I could go to the library and get the index cards and say, "Masturbate." You know, what is this white stuff? <laughs> If only we could. <laughs> Get it on. No, I had I had the talk with my mom because my dad is and was too shy to do that. So my mom had to do that. And then, of course, she's the only one washing the bedding. Mm. So when she discovered the bedding, then she had that talk with me as well. See, for me, I hid it. Like, I, I cleaned the shit out of it because I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I was course let anybody find out about it. I knew something was wrong. Nothing was wrong. Nothing nope. was wrong. It's your hormones, man. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, when, and then when you figure it out, you're like, God, I hope I have a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden you discover how nice it feels. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, "Do I have a problem? I don't have any problem." We're <laughs> all like Joe Matt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Joe Matt. <laughs> we just don't draw comics. That's the problem. <laughs> Peep show. Wow, you read it too. Mm, that's great. Oh, uh, that was. And you always, it was always filthy, but you wanted it to be more naughty. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really pornography. It was just an independent book of him doing that way too much. That started off, like, you, and even when you're, like, a kid and you're doing it, you're like, okay, here's Family Circle. Is this chick pretty hot? Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know your mom's magazine, <laughs> the J.C. Penny uh, catalog, a People magazine. You're like, oh. <laughs> yep. Oh, TV Guide. It's got her on the cover. 
Oh yeah, that had to happen. You couldn't yeah. run out. You couldn't run like there were no Tiger Beat magazines for boys. No. It was always like girl related stuff. So you never yeah, we... got like, oh, there's Heather Locklear or Heather Thomas. Like I like the Fall Guy. We used to have this uh, horror story by when we grew up called the Arona, and she was the one that used to walk the ditches because she drowned her children. And we had a ditch near our house, and she used to walk the ditches. And they said if you if you went on the ditches at night, you would hear her say like "Donde esta mijitos?" She was searching for her children that she drowned. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting that they. She she even had an appearance in the new Fifty Two Batgirl, but um, that that legend is is has always been there. But they used to do parents used to tell their kids not to go to the ditches because they didn't want them in the ditch because kids would drown there. So they would tell them this horror story, and wow. um, and the ditch is where we found like people must have hid their porn there because when I was in. In I think grade six or seven, we'd go on the ditch. We'd walk the ditch, not at night because we were always too scared because of the legends. <laughs> but we'd walk the ditch. People would stash porn at the ditch, yeah, so we'd have all these. They, we, we'd have like we'd find these pictures, and then we'd take them to school and share the pictures. <laughs> Everybody's like, check this out. <laughs> We don't know where it came from. It would just like magically appear at the ditch every now and then. <laughs> you naughty boy. Yeah. Uh. Hey, we should wrap this up. Yeah, you guys got to go to work. Oh, are you off tomorrow? No, I got to go to work too, oh. but I'm two hours oh, behind. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Oh, uh, you got two hours of reading ahead of you. Mm. No, I can't read after that Elmer Fudd still. It's still absorbing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I got about three pages in me, so. I might read that and then go to bed. Do you read yourself to sleep? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, me too. I can't I, do that. Only way, because then I can dream about it. That's why 90s Spider-Man is so perfect. <laughs> you read that, and then you're just swinging along with him. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the old webhead. Come on. <laughs> that, you want to be in your happy place. It, that is totally my happy place. Yeah, you don't want to read any post-apocalyptic uh, comic before bed. No, that's why That's why right now it's really tough. I don't want to read the uh, rot world. I don't want to be in that world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me because uh, I needed to. I needed to podcast, and it was my only <laughs> opportunity because I can't podcast the rest of the month. So is, is Bill sick? Bill Bill is sick today, and then I'm like, I have like weekend events mm. every week of September. Dang, so that's fun. Yeah. So starting holiday week on. Well, we have. Yeah, next weekend we're, we're we're traveling, so I won't uh, I won't be able to podcast. The next week I can podcast, but we have some stuff going on like internally. And then Chris comes and visits us. Ooh, uh, Ivy's coming down. <laughs> oh, I saw yeah, I saw Barb commenting on uh, <laughs> diving into the comics. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, him and his wife are going to spend two nights with us. So. Nice. In and that then... uh, dog house? That <laughs> house? Yeah, the kennel. <laughs> hey, there's no room anymore. <laughs> we, we have one bedroom because the other guest bedroom has piles and piles and piles of collected editions. Oh, that's where I'd be sleeping. It's like to the roof. <laughs> oh. Just let me put a pillow. I'll sleep right amongst them. <laughs> That's where all my Omnibuy and everything else is. Oh, Love shit. It. All right, we're going to wrap it up. This has been a show with Nick and me and Mike. Thanks for coming on, Mike. You know we love you. Uh, grab ass. It's been a good <laughs> grab ass. Yeah. Uh, Nick's at Nick Wetmore. Mike is at Mike Myers Brunch. I'm at Geekvine, and uh, go check out all the podcasts Mike does because he's the best. That's it. We're done. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>